Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and this episode is brought to you by Headspace. Try one month totally free at headspace.com slash Apple Insider. And Masterclass. Get an annual membership of Masterclass and another to give someone else for free at masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. And the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower. Go to nebbia.com slash Apple Insider and get 15% off the entire website using the promo code Apple Insider. And finally, BetterHelp. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Apple Insider. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And joining me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How are you? I am very well, thank you. But I'm not just your friend across the pond. I'm your confidant. I'm your therapist. You can talk to me about the problems <laughs> okay. you've been going through. Well, uh, yes. There's some huge news this week. We're going to talk about the AirPods Max in literally one minute. Oh, but for those who are interested, I, I am on my M1 MacBook Pro right now. And this is actually the first time... I am recording the Apple Insider podcast exclusively with the M1, and it has revealed some challenges and complications uh, with the M1. Number one, namely, the Skype call recorder that I use kind of as a backup recording every week uh, does not run on the M1. And through a tweet conversation that I'll link to, Ecamm, the makers of Call Recorder, have said they have no intention of updating the app anytime soon. They actually just said no. Like their answer was no, we're not going to update it for M1. So it might never run on M1 Mac. So if you depend on Call Recorder for anything, listener, uh, don't get an M1 Mac because it's not going to run on it. And then this is a unique issue I just discovered, but I have a Sound Devices Mix Pre 3 device and I connect it via USB-C to my MacBook and it works great. It powers it. I record directly into it and it can record to an SD card. It's awesome. But for some reason, when I used one of my hyper like dongles, it's like the two USB-C things and I put it and I get all these little connectors. I get Ethernet, HDMI. For some reason, through that dongle, the Mix Pre 3 can't get powered through for whatever reason. And so I, I usually run on Ethernet for our Skype call and I'm on Wi-Fi just now. So it's, it's a rickety ship that we're on right now. We'll see if it holds up. Um, but yeah, just some weird quirks and challenges with the M1. So this is living with an M1 MacBook Pro, listeners, and uh, I'll keep updating people as we go. Sorry, I asked now. But, um, no, no, okay. no. It's otherwise, again, incredible computer. Love everything about it. Um, you know, if you watch some of the YouTube videos, Sarah Dietschy, she was talking about how running Premiere on the M1 MacBook Pro is basically like trying to have a snail export a video. Uh, it took two hours in Premiere to do some video that she was doing, and it only took like two minutes in Final Cut on an M1, which is amazing for Final Cut on an M1, but if you're in the Adobe world, definitely not optimized yet. So anyway, just some thoughts about living with an M1 at the moment. It's not tempting you then yet, I assume. It is actually. Every time my current Mac slows to a crawl, funny enough, often in Final Cut Pro, I go, much much I need to mean to upgrade kind of things. But then I look at my bank account and I think, yeah, this is fine. I can go make more tea and wait. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> well, you know, and there's lots of rumors about the Macs that are going to come out in 2021. Some ridiculous amount of cores for possibly an iMac Pro or Mac Pro. So waiting is also a good idea, especially, you know, one of the things that would have been solved today is if I had four Thunderbolt ports, I would have been fine. Uh, but because this MacBook Pro only has two, I had to choose between either using my dongle and not have my <laughs> audio device or not use a dongle and just run on Wi-Fi. So 
those are the kind of joys that you get uh, when you're an early, early adopter on a silicon transition. But William, I want to talk to you about the AirPods Max. There was many rumors this fall that these were coming and being mid-December, it looked like maybe we're not going to get it before 2021. But no, early on Tuesday morning, Apple announced and released the AirPods Max. They went up for sale. I think it was like 8.30 in the morning. And to everyone's shock and awe, let's just talk about it now, $550 price tag for the AirPods Max. I would love to have your initial thoughts, not only on the price tag, but on the name. Because I kind of wish they went with Studio because that was kind of the rumored code name, AirPods Studio, because they're over-the-ear headphones with the cups, noise canceling. AirPods Max, I don't know. It sounds a little funny. What do you think, William? I did actually laugh when I saw the name, but only because <laughs> Apple keeps used to keep everything secret, and now everything seems to come out, but they hit us with a new name we weren't expecting, and they did the same with the Apple Silicon M1. That's right. It's like there's a naming department that can keep a secret, so you know, they're hanging in there. <laughs> but other than that, I, I agree. Studio sounds, just sounds better. So these headphones... They're very expensive. They're $550. Despite that, they're basically sold out until March. If you try to buy a pair now, it'll say 12 to 14 weeks shipping time. <laughs> so even despite the price, very popular. You can actually go and watch MKBHD and iJustine. They actually have these. They did initial videos, unboxing, and some initial thoughts. I'll put those links in show notes as well. But just kind of the quick specs, these are over-the-ear cup headphones. There are no touch controls on these. It is all physical controls. There's a large digital crown on one of the ear cups that you'll use to adjust volume, or you can press it down for Siri. And then there's also another button to go from transparency to noise-canceling mode. So they have a lot of the features of the AirPods Pro. They have spatial audio. They can do like Dolby Atmos and 7.1 surround virtually in the headphones. So that's all very cool. But a couple of the noticeable omissions, we'll say, no power brick in the box. So with your $550 headphones, you do not get a power brick to charge it. You do get a cable. You get a USB-C to lightning cable. So you can charge it with one of the 20-watt USB-C chargers that Apple will sell you, but it also does not come with the cable to physically connect these headphones to an audio source. If you would like that, you have to pay an additional $35 for a lightning to three and a half millimeter cable to plug it into an audio source. And again, the fact that they went with lightning on it instead of USB-C, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But those are the omissions. And again, on that price tag, at least put the cable in there. I don't know. That's just me. What do you feel, William? I knew about the power cords, and uh, I agree with you. That seems wrong. I know we've got loads of power cords around, but I only have old ones, so I don't know how much use they would be. Uh, I, it never occurred to me to think about a physical connection with this. They're wireless headphones. Why would I use anything else? But actually, yeah, if I am you know, a musician... Uh, and pro user for who this is a, a not bargain but a worthwhile cost um, I am likely to want a better connection than wireless and Bluetooth so yeah I'm quite taken aback especially if you cross into that audiophile realm and one of the things I'm going to do with it uh, I did order a pair they'll be coming Tuesday so I'll be able to talk about them on next week's episode personally but I'm actually a classical music fan 
don't think I've ever shared this with on the on the podcast, but I'm a classical trumpet player. That's my wow. <laughs> degree. Oh, right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And so I, I love actually listening to classical music, believe it or not. And so I'm very curious to see how these sound on some of those Mozart requiems and Brahms symphonies and to see if the audio quality is really up to snuff. But for $550, these should sound amazing, you know, per se. And obviously this is in comparison and in competition with headphones like the Sony WH-XM4s, which usually cost like $300 to $350. So it's like a $200 premium for these. And the Bose noise-canceling headphones, 700, are very popular. Those are around $340. So you're getting a $200 to $250 premium to pay for these AirPods Max. So I really hope, I have to imagine that the sound quality is excellent, but you're also paying for Apple's features like the H1 chips, the ability to do noise canceling, connect to your devices seamlessly, switch just like other AirPods and AirPods Pro. Uh, Another cool feature too, the cups, the ear cushions that are on the headphones are actually connect magnetically. And so if you wanna replace the ear cups for whatever reason, they come off very easily and attach very easily as well. MKBHD shows that in his video. It looks pretty satisfying. And you can also get replacement ear cushions. Again, not cheap, but 70 bucks on Apple. You can actually order them now in the Apple store and on their website. But you can get replacement cushions for $70, again, in the future if you need them. And you can mix and match colors. There's actually a cool chart. You know, if you have want to get the space gray headphones and put some blue cushions on it, you can be fancy like that if you'd like. But again, you're paying a premium for all these. I don't know. I'm curious to try them, but these don't tempt you at all, I assume. I once used uh, the Bose uh, headphones that you mentioned, and I was very impressed. And I do like classical music. I'm more of a Mahler guy than Mozart. But um, no, it doesn't tempt me, except there is one thing. There's one specification you've just kind of alluded to and skipped over very quickly that is crucial. What color did you buy? Come on. (laughs) I went with space gray because... The size of these, I mean, they're large. They're over-the-ear headphones. And I like to be discreet when I'm around other people, the rare times that happens. And so white, white was tempting, but I don't know, I have so much, you know, every other AirPod is white. And I didn't like the green or the pinkish red color. The blue was the only other one that tempted me. But I don't know. I just, I just went discreet. I went black. Now you wimped out. That's what it is. So next time you're <laughs> DJing at a party somewhere, nobody's going to notice because you didn't have blue headphones. That's what I would have gone for. Blue, obviously. Okay. The blue did look very nice. Uh, I was tempted. I was also tempted to engrave these. I've actually never engraved an Apple product. I don't know why. I just i have never done it. And I was very close to engraving these, but I had a moment of, I don't know what to put on them. And I know shipping times are going to slip, so I just forewent the engraving and just just ordered it without. But I'm curious, William, have you ever engraved an Apple product? Uh, no, uh, because I've always thought uh, I'm going to pass it on to somebody else or I might resell it to somewhere. Right. Uh, so it's a bit like having a tattoo of somebody on their name just before you break <laughs> up or something. It feels wrong. In a weird way, it feels like it sullies the, the pristine finish right. of the device. As well. Well, especially if you want to resell it, that definitely makes it more difficult. But uh, I know you have tons of tattoos. You have sleeves, don't you? I mean, you have you have tattoos all over. Please, I'm not the illustrated man <laughs> at all. <laughs> Plus, you know what you said about uh, coming up with something to say. I know 
whatever I had written on me, I would change my mind about it instantly and want to redraft <laughs> Immediately. it. Immediately. So, I did work with a, a young writer who said she was aiming to have uh, some text for every significant part of her life tattooed on her. And I wished her long life and much fatness so that she would have room for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, well, staying on the engraving thing for a second, I saw that in addition to letters, you can actually engrave emojis on <laughs> Apple products now. You can choose emojis if you'd like. So here's my question to you, William. If you could engrave any emoji on an Apple device, what emoji do you think you would choose? Would it be the winking, smiley face sticking out the tongue? Or uh, would it be uh, money flying away? What do you think? Is there money involved here? Would I be paid to do this? <laughs> uh, I'd give you 20 bucks. Yeah, I'd need more. I'd need more. I need a lot more. I'd need you to pay for the headphones. And then I'd put oh, up. Oh, I see. With, <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel that's a nice cost balance uh, ratio there. Yeah. Now, I'm, uh, I'm a writer. I can't, I can't bear emojis oh. and things. Particularly, when I had an, um, a message from uh, uh, a singer-songwriter. I profoundly admire but it was all in emojis and i have no idea what she was saying it was just uh <laughs> i think that's how i'm gonna start communicating with you william i'm gonna do all emojis from now on that's right it. well goodbye you're sending emojis <laughs> you're not sending me your ipad that's where you're going wrong you're sending me the wrong listen things. listen we'll see when that when the next ipad comes out the battery life on my ipad i don't know what's going on but it is a. Uh, I don't know. It's a little rough when I edit podcasts. It's great at any at any other time. So when that new model comes out, I don't know. We'll see. You keep playing this long game, gaslighting me. I'll uh, I might just send it off without even thinking about it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Headspace. Listen, if you have never tried mindfulness and meditation before, let me tell you from personal experience, I was skeptical for a long time. And then I tried Headspace, the app, and let me tell you, it has made a world of difference in my own life and to the many people that I have recommended it for. Headspace is a daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation. It's so easy to use. If you might be intimidated by that idea or not sure what meditation is, I encourage you to try out Headspace and they'll walk you through it. It's super easy and it makes a huge difference just in your daily life. Whatever your situation, maybe you're struggling with some anxiety or nervousness or fear, Headspace can really help you feel better. Maybe you're overwhelmed or even feel burnout. Headspace even has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost your focus, and overall increase your sense of well-being. One of my favorite mindfulness sections that they have in their app is the fear of flying. When we were traveling a lot and I would be flying a lot, I would sometimes get nervous before getting on the plane or even while we're in flight. And their fear of flying section, it's like the few sessions that you can do in a row. It just helped me calm down, put me at ease, helped me relax, and really helped clear my mind and actually enjoy the flight. It was just an incredible experience. Headspace is backed by 25 published stories on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. It's super easy to use, and you can help build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime and anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash 
Apple Insider to try it out. That's headspace, just like it sounds, dot com slash Apple Insider for a free one month trial. You can try this for an entire month and you have access to Headspace's entire library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal you can get right now. So head to headspace.com slash Apple Insider today. Our thanks to Headspace for sponsoring this episode. So one of the other things on on the AirPods Max, so talking about its battery life, Apple is claiming 20-hour battery life with these headphones. You can charge it with a 5-watt iPhone brick. It'll run for 90 minutes after just 5 minutes of charging, and you can get the full battery life in about 2 hours on a 5-watt. But you can get a little bit faster with larger power bricks, but there's no fast charging because it's not USB-C. Even if you use the USB-C to lightning cable with a big brick, you don't get fast charging. Again, I kind of wish they did USB-C as the connection on these devices. And I also, I don't know, I I almost wish there was an on-off button because here's what you have to do. So these AirPods Max come with a case. I'm going to put quote-unquote in the biggest air quotes possible case because it basically comes with a little sleeve that you slide the AirPods Max into. And that little sleeve has a flap that closes. And when they're in that case, it tells the AirPods Max to enter the low power mode. And that's how it'll stay on standby for a long time. If you don't put it in that case, MKBHD was saying it takes up to two hours for them to go to sleep on their own, not being used. So you really kind of have to put it back in that little sleeve to make sure that the battery holds its charge you know, if you're going to throw it in a bag or whatever. So I find that strange. And I also find that case, it's not a case. Like it's not really protective about anything. There's openings everywhere. They want you to carry it by the handle of like the head strap of the headphones. Like that is the handle when they're in this little sleeve. And I mean, let's just be honest. It looks a little bit like an undergarment. I won't go into too many details about that, but it just, I don't know. It feels a little strange. I'm concerned about the battery, the the price. Okay. if it's worth it to you, it's worth it to you. If it isn't, it isn't. And it isn't to me, and it seems like it might be to you. That's great. But while I hope they have bigger batteries in than the other AirPods do, presumably they're still going to come at they'll degrade as well. So there'll come a point when your $550 headphones need to have their batteries replaced. Right. How long will that be? How long will it degrade? When will it stop being 20 hours? Yeah. And I did see, I think the battery replacement will cost like $79. So better okay. than a new pair for True. sure. Good point, actually. Yes. <laughs> now, a couple interesting facts, last things. It was an Apple engineer apparently tweeted something about just saw a product released. It was the last NDA he signed, presumably before he left Apple. Right. And that that was like four years ago. So pretty interesting that these AirPods Max were being planned four years ago. That's a big lead time. And again, you know, you talk about leaks and how everything leaks now. Pretty amazing that for, what, three and a half years, (laughs) nothing leaked about it. You know, if it really was four years ago. So, So that's pretty interesting. And also, it appears that these do not have a U1 chip. And I was talking to Jason Aitzen on Twitter, and some people were kind of saying, why would this be important? And I'm not really sure, but I'm imagining the situation where I'm at a desk and I have the AirPods Max on my head and my, let's say I have a HomePod mini on the desk and also my iPhone is sitting on the desk. And if I say the magic words, hey, dingus, you know, which device, you know, actually listens and stays active. And I think it would be valuable to have faster communication between those devices. So my AirPods Max will be the ones that listen because they're on my head and they have 18 microphones and all that. 
and the other devices don't listen. Like HomePod mini shuts off, my iPhone shuts off. So I feel like it would, maybe it would be valuable if that's a thing the U1 chip could do, but probably not a huge deal. I mean, you know, they have the other H1 chips. It does a million processes a second for, you know, spatial computational audio, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to try these out next week and we'll definitely talk about it more. I think Wes is getting a pair as well. And so we can you know, nerd out about them, but very much looking forward to hearing uh, your your real world experience of these. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and I'll listen to a, a Mahler symphony just for you. I, I enjoy Mahler as well. The first and fifth are my favourites. Uh, mm-hmm. so. Mahler five. That's a good one. That is a good Get one. Get the Birmingham, the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra's version. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll do that. <laughs> well, real quick, I wanted to touch on the MagSafe Duo. We talked about it in the last episode because it launched and it was arriving the day we recorded and it didn't arrive in time. But I've been using the MagSafe Duo. It's now my nightstand charger for my Apple Watch and, and iPhone. It is, a, it is an interesting device. It is very aesthetically pleasing. I like how it looks. It's nice to use. It is a little easier to pull my iPhone off the MagSafe Duo charger than just the like MagSafe puck by itself. So for that reason alone, I'm liking the MagSafe Duo. It does charge slower than plugging in directly or even doing just the MagSafe puck with a 20 watt. You actually only get 11 watts of charging like to your phone if you use the 20 watt brick. You have to get a larger brick for faster, but it's my overnight charger, so I'm not worried about it. The foldable design is really nice. Like it is very compact. I'll put a link to the picture I, I tweeted of it. For travel, it's going to be great. I'm really going to like traveling with it. But we actually did a test. Apple Insider partnered with a testing lab in uh, Washington, D.C. area. And they did one fold of this MagSafe Duo charger every nine seconds in a lab. And there was a fan pointed at it to minimize heat. And so they were testing how durable the hinge was in this MagSafe Duo charger. And they found it started to break down after 180 folds. And ultimately it broke or failed at 212 folds. Now, I'm using it as my nightstand charger, so it's not a huge deal. But if you wanted to get this for travel mainly and you were traveling often, like you do a lot of business travel to hotels or whatever, it actually seemed a little weird that, you know, it would fail. You know, if you use this every couple of days, you're unfolding it, folding it, putting it in a bag, unfolding it, folding it. The fact that it breaks that quickly, quote unquote, is, is kind of unfortunate. And again, not a cheap charger. So it's nice. And I definitely like using it as a nightstand charger. But for travel, those of you who are getting it and maybe unfolding and folding it often, I'd be curious to hear your experience with it and if it actually starts tearing or breaking down quickly. I didn't like the look of it. No, uh, I mean, I haven't seen one in the flesh, but in the photographs, I didn't like the look of it. Uh, one thing, I'm not. it does include the Apple Watch charge. You don't have to use your existing one, am I right? Yes, and that is that is the nice part because I did have an app. Yeah, I had my Apple Watch puck and then I had my, my MagSafe puck and it was kind of, you know, just these random cables. So again, aesthetically, very pleasing. It feels nice. It folds up quickly. And it does cost $130. So again, not not cheap. And you but you do have to buy a power brick because it doesn't include one. So it's $130 plus, you know, the $20 for a 20 watt or whatever. So you get up to a 150 quickly. But anyway, that's the durability. I do like it too because it will charge your AirPods wirelessly. And so I've now done away with all of the chargers on my nightstand, except for the MagSafe Duo. I'll charge my phone and watch. I'll do the phone overnight. And if I need to throw my AirPods on there because they need to charge, I can put it on the iPhone spot and the AirPods charge just fine. So it is nice to kind of just have that one charging mat for all of it. And uh, that's pretty convenient. I almost wish with the AirPods Max, 
I kind of wish there was a way to wirelessly charge them as well. Because now that I've stripped all the cables away from my nightstand, I have this MagSafe Duo and there's a lightning cable there. So I can plug in the AirPods Max, I guess, with that lightning cable. But then my MagSafe Duo is useless. So I don't know. This is total first world problems. But the, the charging situation... We've got a long way to go. I'm I'm feeling for you at this moment. Yes, <laughs> and I could feel the sympathy <laughs> through the airwaves. It's pretty incredible. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Guys, you know Masterclass. Masterclass is the platform where you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, all in the comfort of your own home and on whatever device you want. You can learn cooking from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn creativity and songwriting from Grammy-winning artist St. Vincent. You can learn from the gangster gardener himself, Ron Finley. And you can even learn negotiating tips from Chris Voss. He was the FBI-leading international hostage negotiator. Now, that might sound like, why do I need to learn about hostage negotiation? Listen, I read Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference, and then I did the masterclass online class with Chris Voss. And let me just tell you, if you're a freelancer or you work with clients all the time, or maybe you just want to negotiate a raise at the job you're at, Chris Voss's class on masterclass will give you those tools in negotiation and communication. I can't recommend it enough. I love masterclass because it just looks great. The video quality, audio quality, It's basically like a cinematic experience, and you can watch it anywhere. You can watch it on your iPhone, iPad, apps on Apple TV, or just the web. I also love Hans Zimmer's class on music composition for movies, and so many more. They also have additional resources you can download so you can keep learning even after the lesson is over. And lessons are only about 10 to 15 minutes, so you can digest one on your lunch break or just plug in one to kind of get away from whatever you're doing and learn something in the process. I think you're going to love it once you check it out. And as an Apple Insider listener, you can get an annual membership to Masterclass and give one to someone else for free. Get unlimited access to every masterclass for you and a friend right now. Just go to masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. That's masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. Get an annual subscription for you and one for a friend. You can go in together. That's masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. And this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service that you can take part in anytime, anywhere, if something interferes with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. And let me tell you, if you've never done counseling before, I've done counseling in the past personally, and even if you don't think you need it, it can do tremendous benefits for your mental health and your well-being. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapists. And you connect in a safe and private online environment. It's incredibly convenient because it's online. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is professional counseling, private and secure, anywhere you are. You can even message your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. A lot of times that's the hardest part of the experience is having to wait somewhere, make an appointment, go in person. You can do all of it from the comfort of your own home. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need. And it's even more affordable than traditional offline counseling. The service is available worldwide, wherever you are. And there's a broad range of expertises available. They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping, trauma, anger, grief, all those different things you can get personalized and professional help. 
Anything you share is confidential and the entire process is convenient, affordable, and professional. You can even check out their testimonials page when new testimonials are posted daily to see what other people have been experiencing. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener to Apple Insider, you'll actually get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Apple Insider. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Apple Insider, and you'll get 10% off. BetterHelp.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Now, one thing I'm curious if you're going to use this, William, oh, no. is Apple no, did announce. Don't, don't. It isn't. Is it, is it what I think it is? It is. Apple announced Fitness Plus uh, is launching Monday, December 14th. So as you listen to this, this Monday, just a couple of days from now, Fitness Plus, the service is launching all the workouts. You can do rowing workouts and high intensity workouts and cardio and strength training. All those workouts will be available on your Apple TV and fitness devices. It integrates with the Apple Watch. We talked about that in the past, about all the integration. But I mean, I'm going to be honest, William. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try Fitness Plus so I can report on it. So am I, actually. Yes, in all seriousness. I am aware I've put on some COVID pounds uh, over here and I would like <laughs> to get rid of them. And this seems yes. like a way to do it and call it yeah. research and have a nice biscuit afterwards. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, for me, when I can really integrate as much technology as possible into the act of exercising, it does help my motivation and enjoyment of it because I don't enjoy it otherwise. Somebody asked me actually last night, uh, they were looking at uh, Apple Watches or iWatches as they kept calling them. I'm subtly trying to correct them. (laughs) So what do you like about it? And I realized it's, it's a huge number of very small things, but one of them is the health and exercise bit. I mean, when it's really busy, I, I, I grump a bit when it's saying you can still do it. And I'm thinking, no, I can't, I haven't got time. What are you talking about? Uh, But (laughs) it makes me walk more and, and uh, I do feel a thrill when I've completed a ring, even after so many years. Of yeah, for sure, so, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pro health technology, absolutely. You know, William, maybe we can uh, no. ask. <laughs> you already know what I'm going to ask. Yeah, not going to happen. No, I went down that rabbit hole by accident once. I read a feature somewhere before I was working for Apple Insider. How do you share Apple Watch fitness thing? And I had to take screenshots. Yeah. So I picked a friend. Uh, it was middle of the night. Uh, I picked a friend in Canada who I knew would be fine connecting with me, but was asleep so I couldn't ask. I took all the shots, I did all of that, but someone else was, believe it or not, someone else was hired to do the feature of how you switch it off. So I never found out how to switch off for a year. I've been uh, doing this thing of um, competing <laughs> against this guy, and now it's, well, it's a year, it's four years now, uh, and it's got to the point where I can't break out of it, even though I now know how, because it feels rude to the other person. So I just get demoralized about twice a month. <laughs> William, I'm going to request friendship. You're going to have to decline or deny me manually. Yeah, I'm growing as a human being. I will I will do that. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, one of the things I thought was interesting is with the launch of Fitness Plus, Apple, I, I don't know, I never thought I would see the day, but Apple is actually selling other fitness accessories and products directly from the Apple Store. And you actually had this article, but they're adding Fitness Plus accessories. One of them even, if you, if you haven't spent enough money this fall, <laughs> you can spend even more on this. It's the Jax Jocks Foam Roller Connect. 
Now, I don't know if we've given this away yet, William, but I don't I don't do fitness stuff very often. So I don't know exactly what this rolling of cushion is supposed to do. But for $100, you can get this foam roller that helps with recovery and you can even connect it to your Apple Watch and it'll send you data about your recovery and and how you're rolling on this thing. I don't know, William, but I don't know. I guess you can buy it. You can. Uh, oh, actually, you can. I can't. Oh. It's an Apple exclusive and currently, at least when I read that article, only available in the US to all the other fitness of the yoga things that from... Um, Manduka, the Manduka Ecolite. Yeah. All of their products seem to be available worldwide, but that particular incredibly expensive one uh, is not out in the UK. And I think they did that for me. Now, <laughs> now, I'll be honest. I feel like I could justify $550 pair of headphones, but this Manduka yoga mat for $78, I thought it was a smart yoga mat. Like I was ready, I was ready to read about the uh, sensors in it that's going to tell me about my sweat or something. But this is $78 just for a piece of foam mat, William. I don't know. Yeah, what about the yoga brick? I'm here. <laughs> the, I've, I, it's typical of Apple. I've never heard of a yoga brick before, but I'm reading into it, and by the end, I start thinking, "Oh, actually, this sounds quite good." You know, they get really you. well. If I if I did that kind of thing, it feels well made. Listen, oh, it's a, so it's a Manduka cork yoga block. Yes, that is the product, and it's literally just a cork block. Uh, sorry, I think you misread it. It's a uh, doorstop. That's that's what I read it as. Um, I, easy mistake. Listen, and it, I don't know. I don't know the percentage of our listener demographic who are like really excited about all this fitness stuff and like do uh, whatever K's. 21 and a half K's or five K's. Uh, listen, William and I are laughing uh, at our, at ourselves. Oh yes. Uh, because yes. We, we don't do any of this stuff and don't know how to use it. And so you all, uh, fitness people, kudos to you. I'm laughing at this yoga block that's made out of cork. Yeah. I'm crying on the inside. That's what I'm doing. I mean, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But uh, listen, William and I, he's going to, he's going to accept my friendship on the activity thing. And we're going to start Fitness Plus on Monday. I don't know. You might see us on, uh, I don't know, some calendar somewhere. Yeah, I'd, I'd rush to see that. That's definitely going to happen. <laughs> uh, so I am going to use it. I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for more than one day is the question. Oh. <laughs> is it going to be multiple days? We'll see. I'm going to request friendship as soon as we're done recording, and uh, I'll see what you do. But anyway. Take your time. So I also wanted to touch on antitrust and privacy stuff that's been going on in the news. Some very interesting lawsuits and cases going on here. First of all, WhatsApp, which again, WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, but WhatsApp is complaining about Apple's new privacy labels that they're going to be doing. And Apple had talked about this before at WWDC, talking about how in iOS 14, they're going to basically throw up these messages saying this app is doing this, 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 and this. And it's kind of this nutrition label for apps. And of course, the company that is complaining the most is Facebook over WhatsApp and all that kind of stuff. So you had the article, William. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of what they're complaining about are these nutrition labels? I just think they make a reasonable point. Uh, this WhatsApp is saying that Apple has, I think it's roughly 34 types of data it describes. I mean, some of those types are really broad, uh, mm -hmm. all usage data or something. But some of them are very specific about locations and health and things. But WhatsApp says that they're still, they cover too many things. That they, for example, are very stringent on the fact that the WhatsApp company can't see your messages, but they say their app will be lumped in the same category as all of those that can and do see your messages. So I can see that, but I just, I'm, this feels like quite 
oddly half-hearted privacy thing from Apple. Because the deadline has passed for when uh, developers had to provide this. Yet Apple said before the end of the deadline, if you don't, well, existing apps are just going to carry on on the App Store as they were. So <laughs> and they, uh, you right. go through all the fine details. It looks like when a developer is, is submitting the information, they are, have to provide information in very precise categories. Yes, I use tracking. This is why, and right. go through all these. But it appears so far to boil down to really the app developer must have a privacy policy that users can go look at. What's to, if somebody is out there? I mean, you think of all the developers you know and, and how trustworthy they are, how, how great they are, really. Uh, there are people out there who are doing bad things. I don't think they're going to have an attack of the consciences just because Apple <laughs> says you should write something down. So is it going to happen? Are they enforcing it? What's the value of it? I'm, I'm still trying to find out. Yeah, the deadline was December 8th for developers to send in their nutrition labels of privacy. I'm wondering, you know, iOS 14.3 and all the software updates seem to be coming probably on Monday with the launch of Fitness Plus because you're going to need 14.3 everywhere to do Fitness Plus. I'm curious, Apple has not said when these privacy labels will start showing up, but maybe if a developer doesn't send in a privacy label, I wonder if Apple will kind of throw up a red flag when you launch an app and say, this app has not told us how it's using your data, so beware. Like, uh, they haven't said that, but I'm curious, is that the ramification? That's a good point. I mean, they do that already anytime an app now asks for Bluetooth access, location, microphone, all that. You have to allow each one of those. So maybe they'll do some kind of warning like that. But Apple did say it's going to make its own apps subject to this nutrition label as well. Again, that's kind of a weird place because... A lot of times when you set up a new iPhone, I, I still can't remember if, if like when you open Maps for the first time, if it asks to use your location. But there's so many like background location things that happen. Like if you go to your settings app, you go to privacy location, and you do the system services, you know, all those toggles are kind of on by default. You know, frequent locations where it'll kind of see where you go often and then offer you the time to work automatically. Like those kinds of things are just on. Actually, I can help you with that because this is split out more than you think. Yes, you have those things about asking questions and, and yeah, uh, Facebook is particularly vehemently against those. Uh, but this particular thing, the nutrition labels, they're meant to help you before get an app. So it'll be a thing that's on the app store and you'll be able to see uh, okay. in there rather than it uh, pummeling in your face. It doesn't appear, as far as I understand it so far, that developers will have to slap you around the first time you open it up and go through more right. of those allow or not. Yeah. And doesn't that say to you, actually, this is even less useful? I mean, it looks like it, the privacy thing is going to be in the information section on the App Store next to the uh, the age range, the category, the whether it works on your computer or not, the stuff that we never look at when we look in an app description anyway. Right. So right. I, I like what you said there about um, could they put up a notice because, yeah, that is actually something Apple could do. They, you're right, they haven't said it, but they do have those options, and, and I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, now, and I will say, you know, while I just talked about all those toggles and privacy settings, when you do set up a Mac or iPhone, there is the initial setup screens where it asks about screen time, sign into your iCloud account, and it does say enable location services, but it's like one checkbox and that applies to like 15 toggles in the settings app. So Apple does ask if you want to enable location services, but they're also not super descript about all the different toggles, like location-based ads, like iAds and that kind of stuff. So we'll see what this means, if we'll actually see these 
nutrition labels. I don't know if I like that name, William. That's a little weird. No, no. <laughs> it's, nutrition it, labels. it's sticking, and I kind of wish it wouldn't, but, you know, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's the thought. When did you last look at the nutrition label on a, a Mars bar uh, or, or other thing that you might be eating? <laughs> <laughs> right before I fired up Fitness Plus. Yeah. That's exactly when yes. I did it. Kind of, you know, carb up. This episode is brought to you by the Nebia by Moen Spa Shower. Yes, I love to tell you about this shower because it is an incredible experience and they have an awesome story. They began in Mexico City where water shortages were a big problem and they came to Silicon Valley to raise money. Listen, Tim Cook, Apple's own CEO, was one of Nebia's first investors and one of the guys on the original iPhone team helped develop this product, along with developers from Tesla, NASA, Apple, and more. So what is it? The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower and the whole line of Nebbia by Moen products gives you an incredible shower experience while saving tons of water. Currently, Nebbia has saved over 175 million gallons of water to date. So here's what happens. They send you the spa shower. And listen, I'm not a big do-it-yourself guy, but the instructions they give you and all the pieces that you need to put it together, I've replaced my shower head in just about 15 minutes. It's super easy, so don't be intimidated by that. And then while it's saving you water, you get an incredible shower experience. It atomizes the water, that's the fancy word for it, and basically envelops you in water. It basically feels like a spa. And I learned a new term from the Nebbia company, the thermal comfort, meaning the how hot it gets. It gets plenty hot and it feels great. Now, I have the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower and the wand. And let me recommend highly you get that wand when you get the spa shower because that wand it attaches to this little magnetic dome you can put on the side of the shower. Super cool. And you can use the wand and the head. One of my favorite features is that head is also adjustable height-wise. So whether you, your partner, or your kids are taking a shower, you can adjust that height to just how you want it. And all that by saving tons of water. And it'll actually save you money. You can go to nebia.com and use their calculator to find out how much money you will save in a year by using the Nebia by Moen Spa Shower. And spoiler, it'll probably pay for itself in just a year's time. They also have tons of other accessories like cool shower shelves. I have one of those and you can hang stuff, put stuff on it. And they come in great finishes. I have the nickel finish, so it's fingerprint resistant and it looks great against the tile in my bathroom. Now, Nebbia usually doesn't do sales like this, so this is unique. You can actually get 15% off site-wide everything on the Nebbia website because you're an Apple Insider listener. All you have to do is go to nebia.com slash Apple Insider. That's N-E-B-I-A dot com slash Apple Insider. Take a look at everything. Get one of those shower shelves, the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower, the wand, and then use the coupon code Apple Insider, all one word, when checking out, and you'll save 15% on everything. That's nebia.com slash Apple Insider. Upgrade your shower experience and save water at the same time. Our thanks to Nebbia for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so in addition to, you know, WhatsApp and Facebook complaining about these privacy and nutrition labels, there was a huge antitrust lawsuit against Facebook brought by 46 states here in the U.S. And these uh, 46 states and territories, it includes Guam and the District of Columbia, basically every state except these four, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and Dakota. And the lawsuit is basically saying that Facebook needs to break off WhatsApp and Instagram. They need to become separate companies once again uh, because of you know, monopoly, anti-competitive conduct, all that kind of stuff. And so this is a huge deal. You know, with all the antitrust stuff that happened over the summer, investigations into Apple, Google, Amazon, and Facebook, 
This seems to be the first significant lawsuit against a company really trying to break off these things. Uh, and if you remember, Facebook acquired Instagram for $1 billion, which seems like a steal in retrospect. And also they acquired WhatsApp for $19 billion in 2014. Now, Facebook fired back saying, you guys, meaning the government here in the United States, approved these acquisitions. You know, it's not like Facebook did this without the government's approval. So they're saying you can't just approve the acquisition back six years ago and eight years ago and then go back on it and make us split them off. You know, that is, what kind of precedence does that set when a you know decision is made? Is it ever permanent and all this kind of stuff? So again, this is a lawsuit. There's going to be many attorneys general testifying and lots of court proceedings about this. And it is really interesting if this actually works and actually breaks out WhatsApp or Instagram from Facebook, that sets a precedent for something like Google. Could they make Google break off YouTube into its own company? Uh, Apple, I think, is less in danger of something being broken off because they don't really have those kinds of siloed products. You know, their acquisitions are much smaller. Something like Beats was probably the biggest one that I could recall now. You know, Dark Sky, again, probably not a huge deal. A workflow that turned into shortcuts. But but this is this is a interesting allegation and lawsuit against uh, Facebook. Well, weirdly, I'm, I'm slightly on Facebook's side because of that point you made about uh, it was uh, approved. It does seem uh, things go through the US court system forever and back and forth uh, over it. Whoever's right or wrong, it feels like um, it changes position all the way through and you never know where you are. How can you base a business when you think that might happen to it? But on the other hand, it is Facebook. It's hard to be sympathetic with somebody who has accidentally <laughs> done a few things about our privacy over and over. Uh, but that, that thing about Apple being safe, I was trying to think it through when you said about Facebook seems obvious in the sense that Instagram and WhatsApp yeah. are very clear, separate things. I, I bet you there are people who use both of those who don't know there's any Facebook connection. Oh, yeah. I couldn't think of a Google one. That's so you said YouTube. Of course, you're right. I'd forgotten. I'd actually forgotten that Google owns YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Could Apple be forced to split off um, Apple TV or Apple Music or something like that? I'm, I don't think so. It feels. I think a lawsuit against Apple would more be opening up the App Store or opening up iPhone and iPad to third-party app stores, allowing sideloading of apps. You know, kind of what Fortnite was trying to and Epic Games was trying to achieve over the summer of we want to do our own app store and get away from Apple's 30% cut now 15% if you're a small developer or business owner. But I think that's more the kind of legal action that might be taken against Apple, which lowering that commission rate to 15% for like 99% of developers, that really helped Apple's case, you know, and, and appearance in this. So New York Attorney General Letitia James says for nearly a decade, Facebook has used its dominance and monopoly power to crush smaller rivals and snuff out competition all at the expense of everyday users, James said on Wednesday. I'm quoting from the Apple Insider article, I'll, I'll link in show notes. And they said, today we are taking action to stand up for the millions of consumers and many small businesses that have been harmed by Facebook's illegal behavior. Now, I'd, that's a tough take because I think a lot of small businesses who have taken advantage of like Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising might actually say that they helped small businesses be discovered. Again, it is kind of a bait and switch, like when you create a business page on Facebook and Facebook promises you this audience, and then you basically have to pay for that audience <laughs> to be seen by them. But I don't know, it's going to be interesting how this proceeds and if 
I don't know, they succeed in breaking something off. Suddenly, wonder, if I run a small business that was smashed by Facebook, in about five years' time, do I get one of those Facebook memories of, we smashed you five years ago? <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't think so, no. They're going to show you a memory of uh, the day after you quit Fitness Plus. <laughs> They're going to say, on this, on oh, this day. On this day. Two years uh, ago. December the yeah. 15th. No, what's the day after the launch day? <laughs> Yeah, the 15th, yeah. If you would have stuck with Fitness Plus, this is what you would have looked like. That's what they're going to use. They're gonna use oh, augmented that's, reality. that's harsh. That's that's a horrible future, right? <laughs> you just open up the uh, Measure app on your iPhone, and it'll tell you uh, what you could look like if you use Fitness Plus for a year. That actually sounds like a dystopian future. I don't want that. <laughs> okay. That's, that sounds terrible. Well, anyway, let me just round out the show, too, by pointing out this podcast. Tim Cook actually went on a podcast. The podcast is called Outside it's Outside Magazine's podcast about fitness and outside, but Tim Cook went on there to talk about the national parks and all this kind of stuff. Uh, two things that I thought were kind of funny about it. Uh, Tim Cook really said that AR and VR are really the future, augmented reality more so, but them as a company really feel like they're going to be leaning into that AR and health aspect, and uh, he looks forward to what Apple's going to do in that space. But then they asked Tim Cook the question about, I guess there's a pond in the middle of Apple Park, and they asked, do you throw coins in the pond? And Tim Cook said, no, no coins in the pond. And everybody used Apple Pay around here anyway. So, yeah, no coins. I thought that was pretty funny. But is there anything interesting that you, pull, you uh, pulled out of the interview? I think you had the article there. It was peculiarly restful. Actually, yeah. uh, and I realized um, Tim Cook actually didn't quite use those words, but he was saying, uh, you know, there's the uh, quarterly financial reports, uh, Apple, so the company it is, size it is, is legally required to go on a call, issue all these financial things, and then talk to um, investors or analysts or whatever for it. And they're quite heavy going stuff, and seriously, because uh, I'm in the UK, when I listen to them, it's late early evening or something but apparently it's middle of the right. day or something for tim cook and when he's hung up the phone afterwards he says he takes a walk across apple park and just breathes in and listens to the sound and relaxes and i thought oh, do you know i'd do that too i kind of i want to work in apple park <laughs> that's what i want to do yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that practice that he says he does after the earnings calls, that, that sounded nice. And again, they talked a lot about national parks and stuff like that and how they really tried to make the middle of Apple Park feel like one of those national parks, very serene and nature-driven. So, hey, I would love to visit it one day. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but it'd be nice to see. He had a nice line as well about the, I can't remember the, uh, if you do a lap of Apple Park, I think it's two and a half miles, or something like that. Uh, he was saying, do two of those and you've got a good workout for the day. I'm like, yeah. I look around my office. I can get around it a lot faster than <laughs> but it doesn't have the same effect. That's hilarious. You know, they should have a Fitness Plus workout that is running <laughs> the length of Apple Park. <laughs> that would be it right there. Oh, oh and you just mentioned national parks. Uh, we learned a snippet, well, I didn't know before, that rooms inside Apple Park are named after national parks. So uh, Tim Cook said he's um, uh -huh. he, his office is right next to the Grand Canyon thing. And that must when I used to work in the BBC, they named offices after particular uh, comedians. There was the Malcolm and Wires room uh, and things like this. And it feels kind of charmingly silly. I, I like it. <laughs> That's fun. Well, listeners, tell us, did you buy some AirPods Max? Did you get it engraved with an emoji like William? Let us know. We'd love for you to tweet at William or myself. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. You can find us there. William is W. Gallagher, and I'm Stephen Robles there on Twitter. You can email us if you haven't yet. We would appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That'll help us rise the ranks and be discovered by more Apple followers like yourself. And don't forget to check out HomeKit Insider. We actually have an amazing interview with the Molecule CEO, Jaya Rao, 
She joined us on HomeKit Insider to talk about air purifiers, molecule, what sets it apart. It was a really fun interview. Just a little spoiler, we actually refer to air purification in the term of zombies. I'll just let you think about that for a second. That's Monday. Check out HomeKit Insider. And again, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.